Welcome to the Why 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 Show, a comedy podcast about search histories, life, and changing constants. I'm Tingan, and I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast, and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YYY Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Awesome! Alright, so this season we are trying out something new. Yes. We are going to have shorter episodes. Shorter episodes! Yeah, so we noticed we've got quite a few new listeners. And then we know that our 15 minutes, 1 hour episodes... It's quite intimidating. Mm-hmm. So we decided to make it a bit shorter so mm-hmm. that you guys can listen to it easier. Mm. Mm. And also because everybody's going back to office and going back to schools. Mm. So maybe it'll be more commute friendly. Yes, yes, yes. It will also be more friendly to us because <laughs> we are starting to be very busy again. Yes. Yeah. The sinister reason behind why we are making the episode shorter. Yeah. Okay, let's start the show. Okay, so Eliza, what is your search term of the week? My search term is... Why do we sometimes hear phantom cicadas when there is only silence? Do we? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Do Do you ever experience that? Do we hear phantom cicadas? Because like usually at night, when I'm going to sleep. Okay. Then sometimes it's very quiet. Okay. Then I can hear like a cicada sound. But I'm very sure it's not cicada because I stay on the 11th floor. Okay. <laughs> in a very densely populated area. So there's no cicadas. But I can so, hear it in my ears. Like okay. A, a very thin ringing. Faint eee. ringing. Yeah. Very thin one. Very soft and very faint. But like if the real cicada is actually like quite loud. Yes, and I know it's me. Like the phantoms are following me. Okay, <laughs> okay. When I walk to the toilet, then the phantom cicadas follow me. So oh. I'm like, it's not in my room. I see. I used to think that maybe it's some electronic giving off that noise in my room. Then I tried okay. to go and like find it. Okay. But then I realized that when I step out of my room, it follows me. Especially when it's like very late at night. Is this a sign of old age where we have a ringing in our ears? You don't hear it, man? Not really. Maybe in two years' time you'll hear it because you'll be my age. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. But normally I hear like, for example, my fan sound. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I play some music, so maybe that overrides that. Mm. Yeah. So I noticed that when there is some sound, right? Like for example, if a truck goes by, okay, or a lorry or some taxi, for mm-hmm, example, mm-hmm. then the sound travels up, right? Then the phantom cicada sound would stop. Huh? Oh. Ah. Then when I on the fan, then I like listen to the fan, then the cicada sound will stop. The phantom cicada sound will stop. So only when it's like so-called like silent, then yeah. you will hear it. When it's quite silent. Oh. If I'm on the aircon, then don't have ready. Yes, when you are in a place where there is supposedly no sound, you will hear things. Because like, for example, in vocal <laughs> booths, it's very quiet. Oh. Like then I know what I'm talking about. Like, there's like a, like, it's a quiet sound. Yeah. The like, sound of quiet, right? Yeah. <laughs> So I was googling this. Okay. Apparently, there's an answer. Mm-hmm. It's actually from our ears. Oh. Apparently, human ears. Yes. They generate their own noises. Oh, because there's blood pumping through it. Is it? 
<laughs> no, it's not. Like, you can we hear the blood pumping or something? You you got the signs wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't mm. know, I'm just guessing. <laughs> I guess you can hear your own heartbeat. La. Okay, okay. The heart beating sound is a low thumping sound. Mm, mm, mm. It's not a ringing sound. Okay. Yeah. The ringing sound has a science name. Okay. Spontaneous auto-acoustic emissions. S-O-A-E. Okay. Yeah, and it's inside our ears because there are tiny hairs in mm-hmm, our ears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we have a sound amplification system. Mm-hmm. And then if our cochleas are very sensitive, mm-hmm. which is the sensor, okay, mm-hmm. very sensitive, then when these tiny hairs move or vibrate, right, mm-hmm. these frequencies will be enhanced. Then your ear sensor will pick it up. Okay. Mm. So you can literally hear your ear hairs shaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And like the wind or the air inside your ears that is moving as uh-huh. you move or yeah. whatever. Yeah, you can hear it. Oh, interesting, mm. interesting. And it's a real sound. It's not like something in your brain. It's not a neural thing. It's not a mental thing. Okay. It's like a real sound. Like if researchers okay. go and take a tiny little sensitive microphone and stick it in your ear, uh-huh. they can actually pick it up. Mm. Interesting. Mm. But not everybody's ears have it. Okay. Depends on the shape of your ears and your inside. So not everybody hears this thing. Yes. Oh. The scientist estimates that between 38% to 60% of people have them depending on where they conduct the studies. So I think in certain groups of people, it's like 60%. Oh. Certain group of people, is like 38%. Well, whatever lah. It's okay. about half lah, okay? Okay, okay. Yeah, half the people can hear this thing. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Then the majority of us, right, we are unaware of these sounds. Okay. But 1 to 9% will perceive these natural ear sounds as an annoying tinnitus. So tinnitus can be caused by many other factors. Like maybe you got some ear trauma or whatever. Mm. This one, I don't know. You need to go doctor. (laughs) Then the doctor will tell you whether you have or not. Okay, okay. But anyway, this SOAE, which is like the natural automatic ear sounds, Mm -hmm. is one source of tinnitus. Oh, mm. yeah. Okay. But then as I was researching this, right, then I learned that some people hear a low sound instead of a high-pitched one. Instead Mm. of ringing, they hear a low sound. Okay. And then the low sound, right, is something totally different. Like what? It's not S-O-A-E at all. Oh. So like just now you said, right, it could be blood pumping in your ears, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not actually blood pumping in your ears. It is called venous hum. You want to guess what is venous hum? Uh, Your veins, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's like, the blood is flowing through your veins, mm-hmm. so it's vibrating a bit. So yes, yes. Humming. But which vein? Which vein? Ear vein. The ear vein very small. It's not ear vein. Oh, it's not? It's not. It's not. The one that is near your temple, is it? The big one. It's actually in your neck. Oh. It's the jugular veins. Oh. So as it carried... <laughs> so far away, you can hear. Yeah, apparently <laughs> as it carried the blood right from the heart, up the jugular veins and into the brain then okay. from the brain go down to the neck then to the heart right uh. apparently it might cause the vein walls to resonate oh because your whole insides are resonating oh, resonate. yeah 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 yeah. some people hear it as a one <laughs> but some people hear it as a oh, and then if you turn your head weirdly uh-huh. then you can sometimes hear it So sometimes I can hear my heartbeat very loudly yeah like when I'm lying in bed or something. Yeah. Venous hum. Okay. Mm. But sometimes it's not inside you. Sometimes the hum is coming from outside. Okay. Then if other people can hear it, right? Mm-hmm. Then it is known as the hum. <laughs> like capital T and capital H. You mean like in Cha Kui Tiao? <laughs> no. No. I hum my hum. 
<laughs> but the way for listeners who are not Singaporean, ah, hum is a type of clam. Cockle, cockle. A it's type of cockle. Cockle that we eat yeah, in our cockles. fried kway teows. Mm. Yes, thanks then for the, the explanation. Then the uncle will say, I hum, I hum. Means <laughs> you want or you don't want that cockle. Yes, okay, anyway. <laughs> Back to the hum. Okay, the hum, yes. This hum, right, can be found at different locations. Okay. Then it'll take the name of the place where people complain about it. Okay. So if, like, a lot of people in Topayo complain about it, right, that is Topayo hum. Oh. <laughs> then if a lot of people at Clementi complain about it, it's Clementi hum. Mm. Yeah. So it's a mystery sound, and it's a persistent, invasive, low-frequency humming of a rumbling or droning noise. And then... There will be multiple reports about it, but not audible to everybody. Only mm. some people can hear. Mm. Okay. Some have been solved, but some have not. Got a few that they already find what's the source of it. For this most famous one that received a lot of coverage recently is called the Windsor Hum. Okay. Mm. And it is happening in Windsor, Ontario. Since 2011, they already hear this thing, and then they say it's very irritating. <laughs> then in one evening in 2012, the officials received 22,000 reports. About this very irritating hum. Oh my god. It must <laughs> so, be very irritating. <laughs> yeah, so everybody's just like complaining about this thing. It prompted the Canadian government to go and fund a study to go and explore what is this hum. Oh. And then they realized that it is a real sound. They use sensor and sense the air and all that. Then they're okay. like, hmm, there's a 35 hertz thing going okay, on. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And then they try to pinpoint where is it, but uh-huh. then they cannot. Because it seems to be coming from across the river. And then across the river is America, then they cannot go across. Oh. So it comes from Zuck Island, which is an industrial place. Then they're like, must be something inside there. Uh-huh. Then they keep trying to want the US government to go and look into it. Mm-hmm. But they never take action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So finally, one day, in 2020, when the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. then there the, was no harm. Yeah, the steel plant closed down. <laughs> the blast furnaces were deactivated. Mm. And there was peace. Oh. And everyone's just like, oh my god, we knew it! It's, it's not our brains yeah. playing tricks on us. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not the hum. earth, the hum of the earth. It is the freaking blast furnaces at the industrial island. That means it must be really loud, it's like where it is. Yeah, then it's There's, then you can like transmit the sound so far. So far, right? Across the yeah. river, eh? Correct. Mm. Mm. Then there are two more that have been linked to mechanical sources. Uh, so like the West Seattle hum is traced to some vacuum pump used to offload cargo from ships. Then after they change the silencer, right, then no more hum, right? Oh, interesting. Mm. Then got Wellington hum is thought to have been due to a diesel generator on a visiting ship. That mm. means the ship is vibrating so loudly that it affected everything there. Mm. Then mm. when the ship departed and said, oh, yeah, right, then mm. no more, no mm. more hum. That we just like... Okay, interesting. Mm. Got one more interesting one is the Sausalito, California hum. Mm-hmm. It's caused by horny fish. What? Horny fish. Horny fish? Yeah. What did the fish do? The mating call of the male <laughs> toad fish. Oh my god. Yeah. Then <laughs> he was looking, like the fishes were all looking for the mate. Uh huh. Right? Okay, yeah. So I'm there's listening. a bunch of them, right? So they are so they're calling, are, uh, yeah, yeah, calling together. Mm, together. Mm-hmm. I, whatever the sound, I don't know what's the sound. Then. <laughs> it resonated through the houseboat howl. So there's a lot of people staying in houseboats there. Uh-huh. Then it resonated through the howl of their houseboat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Then it affected them. Oh. Then finally they realized, oh my goodness, it's the fish. Tawny fish. Yeah. <laughs> So, sometimes the researchers can find the answer. Sometimes the researchers cannot. Mm, So, some of the hums are a mystery. So, they continue being capital hums. Okay. Capital H. The hum. Mm. 
Okay, yeah, that's the end of my search term. Okay, very good. Mystery noises that plague us. <laughs> they might have a perfectly reasonable explanation after all. Mm, indeed. Alright, it's time for our special segment. Three things to Google from a friend. So Eliza, who is the contributor for this week? Okay, this week we have listener contributions. We have search terms from MS. She sent us this through Instagram. Okay. Okay, her first search term is dangerous food combinations. Oh, like the durian and beer, right? Is it true? <laughs> I don't know. Did we cover it before? I think we did, we did. Oh no, and we cannot remember the answer. Shu <laughs> <laughs> She got Mandarin translation somehow. Because oh. she said she had to go she had to help her mom Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there is some combinations of food. Especially in TCM, traditional Chinese mm-hmm. medicine, there's certain things that don't go well together mm-hmm. or if you eat only one of these things, then it's poisonous. Mm. Something like that. The durian and alcohol one, just to recap, it is a myth. People think that we will explode la, after we eat it, but the answer is there's no scientific evidence that eating durian and alcohol together may be fatal. How to explode? You mean it's like mentos and kong, is it? Yeah, not maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's mentos and kong. Part of the dangerous food combinations. I don't think you should eat mentos and kong together. Oh, if after you eat mentos, as in like you chew it already, and then it is in your stomach, it won't react with the coke. Yeah, something about the surface of the mentos, right? Yes, correct. Has little holes that reacts with the the bubbles, so it makes the effervescence a lot. Mm. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so if you want to eat mentos and coke, uh, chew the mentos, don't swallow it whole. Yes. So many articles about this... Oh my goodness, there's like literally, how many? 23 million <laughs> search results on Google. <laughs> Will we ever find the answer? Okay, Are they science-based or just nonsense? Yeah, it looks like nonsense. There's this LinkedIn article that says that burgers and fries is a harmful combination. Why? Because it's unhealthy, is it? Yeah, it's just unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> Overcooked food with high levels of fat, preservatives, and other chemicals can form a charcoal-like substance. This then combines with the sugar in potato fries, creating cytokines, which can cause inflammation and speed up the aging process. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we get it. So, if you eat super fried food, which contains a lot of fat and preservatives... Then it will make you unhealthy and then you'll become inflamed and then you will age faster. Yeah, that's why I trying to say. I mean, technically, all food. You can't say it's just burger and fries. Yeah. Like, char kway and ham also can. It's all fried. Right? <laughs> this is not a good argument. <sighs> Starchy cups and tomatoes. Then the pasta. Yeah. Then what about pasta? You eat pasta, is it? <laughs> Oh my goodness, the one that I Google is funnier. Why are you like... You know what, what my, my article says? Yes. It says eggs and bacon. Eggs and bacon <laughs> yeah. are a little combination. What? Yes, because the egg has high protein and the bacon has high fat. Oh man, whoever <laughs> Googles this just cannot eat anything really. <laughs> oh no. Maybe we should Google the Mandarin version. Then okay, we will, will get the TCM version, you know, which is more based in, I guess, more based in TCM. What is it again? 食物相克 Oh my god. 
I googled the Chinese one. What happened? It's even more. There's a whole list. No, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> okay, so for example, mm-hmm. carrot. Carrot does not go well with tomato, chili, <laughs> some other fruits that I don't know what is. <laughs> Papaya. Okay. And others. Then they say that you should just eat it alone. Then there's radish. Uh-huh. <laughs> radish doesn't go with orange. Carrot. <laughs> <laughs> Why is carrot the main culprit? <laughs> what do the Chinese have against carrots? <laughs> just the start of the list. How many more? How long so, is the list? There's so much. <laughs> there's four categories. Then each of them have about 20 inside. <laughs> so there's 100. 80, there's 80 combinations that you should not have. No, 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 it's like, for example, like, spinach and this and that. So, like, they're, they're giving you in terms of, like, this particular food. Oh. So, spinach Oh, it's like a Pokemon chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the water Pokemon is good against the fire Pokemon. Yeah, is yeah, like yeah, that? don't know. But anyway, the <laughs> spinach, right, does not go with jiu-cai. Jiu-cai is chai, is it? Yeah, and also spinach doesn't go with... Tofu, but I always eat spinach tofu. Then how? <laughs> then I see, I see, I got this, the eggplant. Uh-huh. Then it says it doesn't go with the black bean. Uh-huh. Like, literally, the black bean eggplant dish is, like, so famous. <laughs> right? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. There are other websites that kind of, like, try to tell you a bit more. Mm-hmm. So, just now we talked about the spinach and tofu, remember? Mm. So, there is a reason Oh, because inside tofu there's mm-hmm. calcium. Oh, mm-hmm. then inside spinach there's this like acidic thing. Mm-hmm. Then when they make together, mm-hmm. then sometimes it's very easy to make the kidney stone. Oh, inside your body. Oh, okay. So it's actually very easy to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. You can blanch the spinach first, mm. so it will get rid of the acidity. Mm-hmm. Then it will react less with the calcium inside the tofu. Mm. So actually, maybe we have all these dishes because they already have been treated. Oh. So although they don't go well, they have been treated so that they can... They not... don't go well in the raw format. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. when we cook it a certain way, yes. then it is fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Most probably. So probably 5,000 years ago, mm-hmm. before we came up with this rules and regulations on what not to mix together. Mm-hmm. Maybe we were like eating them raw or in some other weird ways. Like maybe mm. we made them a salad or something. Yeah, then get stomach. And then everybody gets stomach and then they're like, okay, let's write it down. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyway. There's too many. Yes. Y'all can check it out on your own. I feel like those who actually like explain what's going on inside each ingredient are more credible. Mm. I think it depends on your body also. Mm. So if you eat something then you feel like you always stomach it, right? They just don't eat. Just don't eat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Her next search term. I think this will be quite short. Is dark web. Oh, dark web. Dark web. I know why it's dark web. Is it like you know the quack quack? Their feet is <laughs> wet. D a r k. D a r k. I'm just kidding. Dark nurse. <laughs> I know why the dark web because I heard about it on some shows. Yeah, on some show, they always say that like people do criminal activities on the dark web. Oh no. But does it really exist? That's the next question. Yes, it does. Is it like one Google? Is it like a Google? 
like an illicit activity Google? <laughs> is, it, is it like that? Or is it like just a secret network or something? Is it many websites or is it like just one secret thing? I think it is on the internet, but it requires a specific software to access. Oh, wait. There is three parts to the internet. Okay. There is the surface web. Mm. It's whatever the normal search engines can catch. Because okay. the search engines are like fishing trawlers. Okay. They are just like going around the ocean, then just okay. dragging a net. Then whatever they can catch, then they'll just list on their search engines. Oh. Yeah. But it's not everything. Okay. So normal websites like e-commerce websites or like, I don't know, Nike.com, Zalora, all that, they will just appear, Shopee, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's up there, out there, everybody's using it. Mm-hmm. But then there are some things on the deep web mm-hmm. that Google and friends mm-hmm. and Bing and all that, they cannot catch. Okay. Because they are under the surface. Okay. So the deep web, right, there's about 90% of website that is under this deep web. And it's actually not sinister. Deep web and dark web is not the same. Okay. Deep web, right, is private websites. Oh. So think of it like places where they store academic journals, private databases. Oh. Like, for example, your financial accounts, like your banking accounts. Okay, so for example, like mm-hmm. my Google Drive, is that considered part of deep web? Yes. But not very deep. It is oh. somewhat secure, right? It's yes. somewhat secure, but it's not super secure. Yeah. So yeah. something that is even deeper than your Google Drive, right, mm. would be like, like just now I said uh, bank financial records and all oh. that, right? There is also health records mm. that are quite sensitive, so mm. it's slightly deeper. Okay. And then there's intranets for mm. enterprises, governments. Yeah. yeah. You know, big companies, they also want to keep their trade secret somewhere, right? Then they want to lie with each other amongst departments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's in the deep web. Other things like educational institutions, like schools, right? Mm. Then they want to share their course content with the students. Then they don't want other schools to steal their curriculum, what? So it's also in the deep web. So intranet, all the semi-sensitive things, even legal files also, people put in the deep web. So the dark web is actually only a small fraction of the deep web. Mm. 0.01% of the deep web. Mm. There is no web page indexing. It can also be hidden by firewalls and encryption and things like that. Mm. Mm. The reputation of the dark web is of- often linked to criminal intent yes. or illegal content. Yes. Okay. Because they can hide stuff inside. Because if you are doing legit things, then mm-hmm. you don't need to be so secretive. Mm. Right? Indeed. You can be medium secretive in the deep <laughs> web, but you don't need to be ultra secretive in yeah. the dark web. Yes. Ah, okay, got it. Okay, so her last search term is super forecasters. Like forecasters is like weather forecasters, they're forecasters. Ah. I don't know whether they are related to weather or not. <laughs> Maybe they, <laughs> they can predict, I don't know, football matches. Uh, the future. Your, a specific person's uh, career path, I don't know. Then she has a name at the back, Jean-Pierre Bigoms. Bigoms. Oh no, I can't say French names. Okay. Apparently, super forecaster is a real thing. Okay. It's a person who makes forecasts that can be shown by statistical means, okay? To be consistently more accurate than the general public or experts. Huh? Oh, interesting. He actually forecasts election results. Who are you talking about? This uh, Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. Bijoms. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so sometimes they use modern analytical and statistical methodologies. Mm. Or, okay, this is very statistic speak. 
but they use sciencey things and programs and things to analyze stuff. Okay, nice. Mm. You must be a statistician first and an analyst first. Mm-hmm. And then you must consistently run good forecasts okay. and predictions. Okay. Then you will be given this title of, of a super, super forecaster. forecaster. Well, yeah. I didn't know there was this uh, particular job. For him, it's like science. Mm. You know, to predict stuff. Mm. And that makes it interesting because it's not like, you know, like a psychic. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> like there's like some scientific backing behind his uh, futuristic projections. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's a Time article that says that super forecasters are actually making eerily accurate predictions about COVID and that our leaders should and can learn from their approach. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's the end of our special segment. So, Jingan, what is your search term of the week? My search term of the week is... Sidecar racing. <gasps> Do you that know about this? Sounds very fun. Sidecar racing. I know what is sidecar. Okay, you know what is a sidecar. It's Please like explain. a motorbike thing there mm-hmm. at the side. Got one little trolley thing. Then mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. can either put things or human or dog in it. Mm. Then I guess sidecar racing is we all race this thing lah. Yes, okay, so there's a, a third wheel on the <laughs> <laughs> I mean what I mean is that there is one two on the motorcycle yeah. and then there's a third one on the other side of the sidecar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean if you have a couple sitting on the <laughs> motorbike and then you have another person sitting at the side, that person is also the third wheel. Indeed, ha, ha, ha. Indeed. Okay. Okay, so the older type of sidecar is the thing that you are imagining. Mm. Okay, but there's a new design Do for I the see? racing. Okay. It's very modern one. It's like, you know, Tron. The motorcycle's wheel, right? It's as big as the Formula One wheel. Wow. It's very big. And then... I thought, you know, is it, it's like Tron. I thought it's going to hover or something. It's like... Uh, no, shoo. Yeah, it's not. But okay. see, like, you know, the, the... The shape. The design of it. Uh. It's like very, like, sleek. Okay, we have to put a picture on our social media. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, indeed. Okay, anyway. Mm-hmm. It is highly powered. Mm-hmm. Guess how fast these cars can go in the races. I don't think it's as fast as Formula 1 because Formula 1 is the super sleek kind. Okay, Formula 1 can reach 360km per hour. Mm. Sidecar, uh, you say it's third wheel, then I'll be like one third the speed, so 100km. Nope. 260km per hour can reach. Huh? 260km per hour eh. Can people see inside That's very, very fast. I'm going to Google how it looks like. Okay. So the race oh. has two people participating. Oh. Mm-hmm. So each motorcycle plus the sidecar, mm-hmm. this whole thing is called an outfit mm-hmm. in the, the terms of this racing thing. La. Okay, mm-hmm. The death rate of this particular sport is there are 10 deaths since 2000. That's a lot. Yes. Uh-huh. Since 2000 means like about 22 years. La. 10 deaths. Mm-hmm. And because recently there were three deaths, Mm-hmm. in a recent race mm-hmm. the Isle of Man race which is one of the deadliest races uh, on earth they bang on each other or what? Uh, they lost control flip flip and then 260 kilometers and then they are not inside a thing you know they are sitting on some motorcycle looking thing yep and then the other guy is like hanging outside mm. the sidecar then how? 
Sure die one what? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is why this spot was brought under the limelight because of these three deaths. There's oh a father goodness. and son that was involved. La. I have a look of horror on my face. Like, why? <laughs> why is... How can this be allowed? <laughs> how can... Our life's so cheap. Yeah. Okay. Mm. It's quite amazing. But I would like to compare this statistic to mm-hmm. another statistic. Mm-hmm. Is that there are 100 motorsport deaths per year mm-hmm. worldwide. Mm-hmm. There are actually a lot of deaths in motorsport. Mm-hmm. It's not an uncommon thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's why on their website, they actually say it's relatively safe. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So this whole sidecar racing thing is very bizarre. Okay, mm. there is a driver and a passenger. Mm-hmm. So the driver, okay, as you expect, is like sitting on a normal motorcycle, right? I'm just driving the mm. motorcycle. Mm. So he, he controls the steering, brake, and throttle. Mm-hmm. The form of the vehicle, mm. the whole outfit, they call it, is very asymmetrical because mm. it's two wheels on one side and then one wheel on the other, right? Mm. So it's very hard to speed up. Mm. Especially when you turn corners. Yeah. Can you imagine that is one side will lift up, right? Correct. Yeah. So there's the passenger yes. whose job is to stabilize the car. Yes, and I to see maintain before. the balance of the After I bike. saw the picture, right? Yes. Then I remember seeing it before. Ah, okay. And then it's like vroom, then when they turn the time, then the guy is like almost flying out of the car and just <laughs> hanging on. Yes. And then it looks like what? In the world. It's very crazy. Why would you want to participate in that? But they are like, you know, in the zone, you know, yes. and like in the flow and like, yes, we are doing this. <laughs> it's very crazy. It's even more crazy than those motorbike mm. type, right? They mm. are like almost touching the ground when they yes, turn. Yes, yes, yes. The, yeah. Almost the knee is like, wow, going to scrape the ground kind. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's very similar, but uh-huh. the passenger is literally like, holding on to the vehicle with a few bars and then there's this tiny platform Uh that he's standing on Uh. which is like there are certain corners he can tuck his shoes in so Uh it's almost like rock climbing Uh that like you know your your whole foot is not really like on a Uh solid Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're just wedging your body parts yes. in certain places it's to keep crazy. you from flying away or falling down yeah. to your death. Okay, so the, uh-huh. there's like a few manoeuvres that this uh, passenger has to perform uh-huh. as they are racing. Uh-huh. So when they are going straight, okay. they need to duck down as low as possible to minimise the drag. Yes, right? that makes sense. Okay. So when they are turning mm-hmm. is where the things get like super spicy. Because uh-huh. when it's at fast speed, when you turn, then the... The, the thing will start to lift. The sidecar side of the uh, thing yes. will lift, right? Yes. So they have to go on that side of the sidecar to balance the weight so that the entire uh, car is yes. like Flat. on the ground. Mm, yeah. Mm. So they actually hang their body off either side so that they, the entire car doesn't flip. Mm-hmm. And then after the turn, they have to quickly duck down to the same position again. Okay. And the thing is, when they are ducking down, uh-huh. their head is down. Uh-huh. They cannot see what's happening in front. Uh. So they have to rely on like practice and the feel. The feels, yeah, the vibes. To know when the mm-hmm. vehicle is turning. Eh? Mm. And then like the driver mm-hmm. has to trust that the passenger Knows will exactly know. what to do. Yes. Uh-huh. And then he can turn confidently. Uh-huh. I'm just like... <laughs> it's like sea legs, right? You know sea legs? <laughs> yes, sea legs. Yeah, when the sailors are, when they are on the big tankers, then when you sway left and right, right? Yeah. They can just know can exactly somehow, where yeah. to lean so that they yeah. don't fall down. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's very crazy. Wow, this is like next level. <laughs> this is like very fast, hyper speed. Then they have to like scramble here and there. Yeah, 
260 kilometers per hour is not slow at all. I think your adrenaline will be so high that you can like do it, you know, you can just monkey around. <laughs> yeah, okay. With the right training. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, okay, in a race, right, mm. they actually set the drivers off 10 seconds apart. Mm. So they're actually judged on the time, like uh-huh. the amount of time that they take to get to the finish line. Okay. So if you are fast enough, sometimes there are situations you need to overtake. Okay. So that you can imagine gets very dangerous because there's like a few manoeuvres uh-huh. or steering that uh-huh. is required, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm glad that they start them off like 10 seconds apart. So Then they should increase it, what? 20 or 30. But then later people don't watch, right? Yeah, not exciting. <sighs> it's a fine line <laughs> between the ethics of saving a life and making it exciting. Indeed, indeed. Because if nobody watch, then got no funding. No funding, then got no such plot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Correct. Very crazy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to present this because it's like so amazing and I never like heard of this spot before. And like, you know, the relationship between the driver and the uh-huh. passenger yes. needs to be so strong and like it's like a symbiotic relationship. Mm. They gotta be like super in sync and like trust each other mm, mm, so mm. that their, their car won't fly. Mm. I think like, I saw it on like Reddit, <laughs> the That's Insane subtract or something oh, yeah. yeah so probably probably there <laughs> yes okay just wanted to share this amazing thing all right we've reached the almost end of our podcast and now it is time for one thing to recommend my recommendation for this week is typing games to improve focus yeah, so mm. yeah, you can mm. just Google typing game or typing test or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then there'll be like 101 websites, then just pick one and you just type. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I find that it helps me focus because um, I feel like computer things are very hard for me to do. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, okay, oh no, I need to do like back end stuff, admin stuff, write proposals, do this and that. I'll be like, uh, the drudgery. I remember doing this, playing these games. In primary school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were in primary school, then they, when they were trying to teach us about computers, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, they're yeah. like, class it down typing and practice class. your typing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, usually the timer for this thing is about one minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then you can type as fast as you can accurately for one minute. And then mm-hmm. because you are like somewhat focused on typing the thing, mm-hmm. they train your brain to focus. Then after maybe five to ten minutes of me typing the thing, then I feel like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to conquer the proposal. I'm ready to conquer the accounting. Okay. Yeah. Alright, my recommendation for this week is Euphone. What is It's a brand of Los <laughs> Oh my god, it's the Los Angeles. I know, I know. The orange one in the tin can. Yeah, the orange. No, it's not tin. It's, it's not thin, plastic. Uh. Oh, it's plastic. Yeah. I see you eat before. <laughs> Yeah, because I've been having a bad flu, which is not COVID, for the mm. past two weeks. And this is like what saved me when I have like very violent coughs at night. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's out of stock. Okay. <laughs> you found manufacturers? Please listen to this and make more stock for Tingan. <laughs> Alright, we've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Eliza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Tingan, for doing this podcast with me. Okay, so listeners, if you have Googled anything... Interesting lately. You can drop us a DM or comment on any of our social media accounts and we'll search it up on the show. You can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with your friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. 
podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. And now, we're off to record one more thing. A Patreon-only podcast called One, one More thing. thing. So, see you there. there.